Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of Runners Only with Tom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition and the QT Hotel in Auckland. They're the people who put this week's guest up, Kelsey Waghorn. Media are trying to break into the hospital. The hospital was in lockdown. Every single hospital with someone in it from White Island is in lockdown. There are guards everywhere, there's police everywhere. My family were being harassed. Um, people were calling them. It was like, how did they get their numbers? They were breaking into the hospitals. They were dressing up in lab coats and trying to get through security. They were lying about being a relative of mine. I heard that one of them burnt themselves purposely to get into the burns unit to try and find us. And it was like, I'm hearing all of this while I'm immobile. Kelsey Waghorn was a Fakati White Island tour guide in December 2019 when it erupted. This is a powerful and raw conversation with Kelsey. And I have to be honest, it's a tough listen in parts. Made slightly easier thanks to Kelsey's ability to find humour and the light in the darkest situations. We talk about Kelsey and her life before, during and after the eruption. The resilience and courage it takes to navigate life after such a harrowing experience. And through her journey of healing, both physically and mentally, Kelsey opens up about her struggles with PTSD and how she learned to be kinder to herself. Kelsey's story serves as a stark reminder that even in the darkest of times, laughter and hope can help us heal and move forward. I loved Kelsey's company so much. She left me feeling inspired, moved, and motivated. She doesn't do much stuff like this, so I honestly cannot thank her enough. Just before we get into it, thanks to Radix Nutrition. Uh, check them out, radixnutrition.co.nz. A little Kiwi company doing big things. I'm being paid to say this, so you don't have to believe me, even though I do genuinely love their entire range. But please, check them out, do your own research, and if you like what you see, Support the people who support the podcast. Without them, this work we're doing here on this podcast simply would not be possible. Also, massive thanks to my friends at the QT Hotel in Auckland who put Kelsey up for this podcast. The Auckland QT is the newest in this bougie boutique hotel chain. If you're coming to Auckland, check them out. Even if you don't need a place to stay, their rooftop bar overlooking the viaduct is a magical place to be at sunset. All right, that'll do with the housekeeping. Let's get into it. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Kelsey Waghorn. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, runners only with Dom Harley. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Kelsey Waghorn. G'day, Kelsey. Hello, how is it? Good. Um, do I start singing the Metro Station song? It feels like every time. <laughs> you, do you hear that a lot? That must have haunted oh. you through your teenage years. Yeah, in high school, I used to get it quite a lot, which was quite funny. But um, yeah, I had a friend who used to sing it to me all the time. And yeah, um, he actually died in, while I was in high school. And so now every time I hear that song, I think of him, which is kind of nice in a way, I suppose. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, what a down buzz to start with. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how are you? Thank you for coming on my podcast. Really appreciate it. It's great to meet you in person. I feel like I know you uh, through following your um, Instagram channel for the last few years. Yeah, um, it's taken quite a bit to get used to because people come up and ask me specific questions and it's like I'm racking my brain like, who are you, who are you, oh my god, I've forgotten who you are and then it's like, oh yeah, I follow you on Instagram and you're like, I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a bit weird, like yeah, people know a lot more about me than I remember I've told people. Yeah, so tell us about um, Kelsey before December 9, 2019. (laughs) Um, like, who, who, who was she? Just from what I can see on Instagram, um, just a, a girl that loves the outdoors, um, a farm girl, um, just a girl that appreciate, appreciates nature and uh, just getting the most out of life. Yeah, yeah, mostly just that. I um, did marine science when I was at school and uni and so, um, yeah, ended up being a job on a boat because that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be on the sea and uh, nailed that, got a job on a boat um, and worked <laughs> – on those boats for, yeah, five years and one day. And it turned out to be one day too long. <laughs> yeah. And how was your uh, mental health prior to the uh, December 9? Good. Most of um, you get through life pretty good? Yeah, it was fairly uneventful. Um, I did have a couple of things um, happen, which, yeah, upset the apple cart a couple of times, but... Um, Nothing quite as monumental as, yeah, what happened on December night. Yeah, nothing could be as monumental as that. What, what were they? Do you want to get into them or not really? Uh, <laughs> so one of them, I was on a boat fire, uh, or a boat that caught fire, um, and so that actually ended up burning to the waterline and sank. Um, there were 60 people on board, including the crew, um, and I was the second to last off. <laughs> um, and then uh, it was April before the eruption, uh, I had a passenger fall on another island, um, not White Island, and um, he actually ended up dying, unfortunately. So, uh, a passenger had a fall? Yeah, off um, Whale Island. Right. So, um, yeah, that's more inshore than White Island. So, yeah, that happened April before the eruption. Um, but other than that, I hadn't really had anything too major or exciting happen. <laughs> Well, yeah, exciting's an interesting word. Um, That's a hell of a story. For the first time ever on my podcast, I even got a box of um, tissues. I thought that'd be that'd be um, necessary. Do you? Maybe for me more than you. How? Like, how's your emotional state? Like, do you? I mean, I I really appreciate you coming around here today and um, like revisiting this because I'm sure every time you do it, uh, you have to brace yourself because it's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, Or is it? Can you sort of just get through it on autopilot? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, I probably shouldn't be able to talk about it. Um, Because, yeah, usually, um, like, with PTSD, people can't really talk about their trauma, which is totally fair enough. Um, I am lucky that I can talk about it with kind of little to no emotion. Um, And quite a bit of humour. Yeah, a lot of dark (laughs) humour. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do have to kind of keep that quite tame because obviously I'm not the only one involved in this, so I would hate to upset anyone or someone take offence to something I've said, so I do have to kind of censor my humour online, um, which is quite funny. (laughs) um, There's a lot of um, pretty dark humour in my sort of private chats with my friends and family, but, yeah, try to tame it a little bit. Um, 
publicly, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, there's a couple of other people I've had on the podcast. Um, there's a guy, Joseph Sullivan, who's um, uh, an Olympic gold medalist and America's Cup winner, yeah. now is a firefighter. And he said they get by with black humour. Mm. So on their way home from events, they'll you know, make jokes about it. Another guy I had on the podcast is um, you know, Billy Evans, who's the former police commissioner of Boston. He was there when the bombing went off. Yeah. And he said often after, after like um, you know, murder or tragedy, um, you know, your cops will be seen like laughing at the scene and members of the public will be like, you know, what the fuck are they laughing about? It's inappropriate. But he yeah. said it's a, just a, a common coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. So um, that definitely got me through um – not the sort of early hours because there wasn't a lot to laugh at in those um, mm. first few hours of um, after the eruption happening. But um, yeah, definitely hospital that got me through a lot of um, pretty shit times. And um, yeah, even still, still make a lot of jokes about just anything, anything and everything. <laughs> Nothing's um, sort of, I guess, off topic um, in my family, especially. So yeah, it's. Um, yeah, quite funny having to sort of censor myself out in public because, yeah, I would I'd hate for someone to take offence to it or think that I'm being insensitive. But then it's kind but of it's like... it's your exactly, life, your like, story. I'm involved in it as well, so it's not like I'm just like, yeah, being a dick. I just, that's how I deal with it. It's just, you got to laugh through it. I've cried enough about it. Mm. Got to get some laughs out of it. Where, where, where does that come, come from? Is that in your DNA or is it just yeah. like how you were raised with your family? Um, probably, yeah, definitely both. And I like to have a laugh, so... Yeah, I think it's just yeah, it's been ingrained into me mm. from day dot. I think so. You're still the, the you're still the same person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess yeah. I I was probably more extroverted beforehand, and I'm probably a bit more introverted now. Um, yeah, trauma would do that to you, I suppose. <laughs> Changes you a little bit, but um, yeah, I guess still at heart, still the same person. Still find the same things funny. Still get the same joy out of. All the things I used to love, still want to be on the sea, still want to be outside, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you got such a good attitude. Is, is there, there any there any words that you hate, like um, being called brave or courageous or uh, inspirational? Yeah. Oh, I don't hate them. I guess it's just a bit <laughs> hard. Like, um, like a few of my friends who know the like all the nitty gritties about what happened. Um, there's a couple of them which always say like. Uh, like use the word hero and then I get people being like you're so positive um and you're so yeah inspirational and stuff and it's like I'm just trying to fucking survive man like (laughs) I'm not trying to be any of these things I'm just trying to like stay alive and it seems to be quite hard for me so um or not I suppose because yeah I keep kind of dodging bullets which left right and center so Mm. yeah there's this running joke in my family now where it's like um if the apocalypse happens it's gonna be me and the cockroaches (laughs) so So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> how, how long was it after the um, after the um, the explosion on White Island that your family could see you in the hospital and make jokes? Did they sort of wait for you to make the jokes before they started? Um, well, for the first, um, I think it was 10 days, I was in ICU. And for those 10 days, they wouldn't tell my family whether they thought I was going to survive or not. Because um, obviously you don't want to give false hope in those mm. sorts of situations because so much can go wrong with burns. Um, in those early days and those real sort of um, acute moments, like, yeah, they didn't want to give my family false hope because it was, it was pretty grim. Um, so for the first 10 days, it was definitely not a lot of joking. Um, even if there was, I couldn't tell you what was going on because I was so high on drugs. I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. I was seeing a lot of stuff. And I remember a lot of stuff from ICU, but 
none of it's real. Wow. <laughs> so that's very weird. Just the morphine. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah hell, a lot of, or ketamine, I think a lot of it was. So um, now even when I have surgeries, I'm like, don't give me ketamine. Ketamine, but hospital grade, not festival grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like the good stuff. But, <laughs> the really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I was seeing some wacky shit. And yeah, so now every time I have a surgery, I'm like, don't give me ketamine yeah. unless I need it. And they're just like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to get into that. We'll get into that in due course. Just because it, it seems astonishing to me that you can be, um, you know, coherent and conscious all the way through the 90 minute boat ride and through the explosion, see your family, recognize your family, um, to then being in a situation for the next couple of weeks where it's touch and go. So yeah. I want to get into that. I'm sure you've learned a lot about burns over the last um, you know, few years. But um, first of all, have you seen the Netflix movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have. T- tell me about that watching experience. Um, did you watch it when it first came out, or did they send you like an advanced copy? Or? They sent me an advanced copy because I kind of, the whole way through, um, I like I've said to you, like with all the um, court cases and stuff, like I'm just trying to protect my own skin. Um, so I do like to be able to see it ahead of time, so that if there's anything in there, I'm like, oh, that could be misconstrued or taken the wrong way, and um, I guess yeah, be used against me or one of my colleagues. Um, I do ask if. I can see it so that if there's any changes I would like made to clear things up, then, um, yeah, I do that. So they did that for me, which was really cool. Mm. Um, yeah. And so did, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. The one that I did in the first year, I think it was TV three. Right. I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, knowing that you were coming around today, I watched that a couple of nights ago. Mm. Um, just me sitting here. And I've been to Wyatt Island before many, many years ago, but uh, I've got no other connection to it really, and it was yeah. a hard watch for me. So I can't, I, I can't imagine you know, what it's like watching it when you're involved with it, and this is your reality now. Yeah, yeah. So who, who, do, you, who do you sit down and watch it with? Uh, I'm really naughty and I do it on my own. Oh, God. I'm one of those people where I'm like, if I'm going to be triggered, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to do it in the privacy of my own room where no one can watch me. So I... Shit, you're a tough cocky, aren't you? I sort of imagined... Or I'm just a moron. Yeah. I'm just a a stubborn moron, really. Um, I think think you're just made from some tough stuff. I just... Yeah, I don't know. Right. (laughs) So is, is it a hard watch for you? Um... I, get, I don't know. I, I don't really remember it now. I've only watched it once, and I kind of keep saying, because like people ask, like, what do you think of the Netflix documentary? I'm like, oh, what I can remember. It was fine. Um, but I guess the whole way through it, I was um, more critiquing what was fact and what wasn't the whole way through it. So it was just like, I guess I probably wasn't really paying attention to the whole thing. It was like, yep, that fact's correct. That's correct. Yep, that's correct. Like, just kind of fact-checking the whole way through it. Um, but there is one bit of footage in there which kind of took me by surprise, and it's um, from from my group, from one of the girls in my group, and um, I think I might be wrong, so hopefully I'm not wrong, but um, she basically, as we went to run um, for cover, she put her phone in her pocket and accidentally hit record, and so the whole thing is recorded. And um, they put the first little bit of that in there, and I'd been like specifically told by the police, don't watch that piece of footage because it's pretty horrible. Like you can't see anything, but you can hear everything, which obviously is not great. Um, and I get triggered really bad with noises and audio, and so that came up, and I instantly knew what it was. And I was just like, oh my god, oh my god! And I just was like, do I shut the computer? Do I block my ears? And so I kind of didn't focus for probably the next couple of minutes, and thankfully they didn't put all the 
really nasty stuff in, which is really, really good. Um, What's what? I, I mean, you may not even know what the real nasty stuff is. What, like screaming? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So the whole, the whole. I think there's about twenty minutes of footage of the whole thing, um, and you can just hear everything and me yelling at my group. Um, so yeah, you you, nice. you you say yelling at your group, but you um, you still had your like your work hat on. Yeah, I was, so you I were, was working. Which is which is. <laughs> Fucking astonishing to me because I suppose there's, there's there's two types of people and you don't know if you're going to be a fight or flight person until you're in that situation. But the fact that you were like um, worrying about your group and not thinking about self-preservation, shit, I mean, do, 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 does, does that make you proud of yourself? makes me proud of you. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, inc- it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I guess. You're in the same position as all these other people that you don't know from a bar or soap. Yeah, yeah, I um. I have a friend who um, she's adamant that she wants to tell the world like what I did, and um, she keeps yeah like I said saying saying the H word hero and stuff, and it's just like it I don't know it just it feels weird. It's just I don't know I I did what I thought anyone else would do and just reacted to the situation as fast as I could and I don't know it yeah it is what it is for me and it's not something that I brag about or talk about or even think out. about. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. It's just it just is what it is and I kind of just yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. It just feels weird to talk about and it just feels weird for people to be like, Why don't you tell people this? And it's just like, why would I? Why would I walk around being like, Hey look, this is what I did and it's just like it's just weird. Mm. And it's like, I don't know, it just feels like I'm tooting my own horn and it's just, it's wrong. And, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, so many people did so much that day. Yeah. Like, people yeah. did way more than what I did. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, the pilots that went in there when everyone was saying it's too dangerous and they were just like, and just went on the island. Um, like, I mean, they're my heroes. Like, they didn't bring me home, but shit, I'm so grateful for them. Um, yeah, and, like, obviously the skippers of my um, company who came back for us, um, yeah, they are the ones that I would, yeah, hold up a flag for them any day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's heroic. <laughs> uh, Thank yeah. you. So you, you, your Instagram, it's it's amazing because you're, you're quite a regular um, post on Instagram. Oh, and am I? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, and you scroll back and it's, um, I, I feel like it gives an interesting insight into um, – yeah, the person you are, the person you were, and the person you are now, and there's not a lot of difference between the two. There's still that black humour there. Um, <laughs> you still seem to love the outdoors, love the fresh air, love animals. Yeah. Um, but if you go back to October 2019 um, on your Instagram, there's a photo of White Island with steam coming out, and the caption, "Not bad, good soys." <laughs> yeah. Which is it's great. Yeah. It's great. So, um, and then there's an appreciation post in late November 2019 for your dog. You say so much love for this little punk. Yeah. And then, um, then there's sort of radio silence on Instagram until um, late January 2020 from hospital. It's just a, f- a random photo of a landscape um, with a caption thanking people. Can I, can I read some of this out? Okay. Yeah. Is this why you bought the tissues? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think the tissues are for me rather than you. Um, thank you doesn't seem like a big enough word to my family and partner who have been by my side from day one. Through the low lows to the baby's first step highs. You've been through hell with me and I'm lost for words into how to thank you all. I just keep pushing forward and hope that I will do uh, do that for you now. Can't wait to be home. Yeah, which again, I think it says a lot about you. It's not a post saying, hey guys, 
I'm here. I'm fine. It's you again thinking about other people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I yeah, again, it's not something I ever put thought to, or it was just like I was in this situation. I was in hospital. When was that? January something. Yeah, that was um, late January. Yeah, so like a month, a month and a bit afterwards. Yeah, so maybe six weeks. End of January, I would have been close to moving up to Waikato Hospital because that's my regional burns unit um, from Hutt Hospital where I was originally taken. Um, I was just grateful to everyone who looked after me. Like my family were like holding the gas when um, my whenever I had to have like my sheets changed or dressings changed. Um, in my bed and it was just like <laughs> I think that scarred them for life like they were having to hold this gas and I was on like eight different types of pain medication just to change the sheets on my bed because I was just in so much pain why is that because you, your skin sticks to the sheets and they have to sort of peel you off uh, or what do you mean so um I was lucky that half of my grafting was done while I was in ICU and in, in the coma so my arms and hands were done early on so the pain I was in in ICU, I kind of rem- I remember being really uncomfortable um, and not being able to move, but I don't really remember it. But I remember my legs being done because my legs were done at the end of December, and I was on the ward. Um, they'd reduced my medication, um, which is hotly debated in my family as whether that was the right thing to do. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, so that, that was done on um, quite low medication, and so when I came out of um, surgery for the grafting um I was in absolute agony like they'd just put skin taken skin off my back my butt and my thighs and just stuck it to my legs and I think they only did my legs then and just touched up a few things on my hands and stuff like that um and like they staple it on it's not it's not like always glue or stitches it's staples and so like I could see staples sticking out the top of my like bandages and I had them like around my shoulder where I could see them and it was just like the weirdest thing and I just felt like Frankenstein's monster um but like so where they took all the skin from so my entire backside was just a raw open wound and so it was like yeah just being this massive graze just in covering my entire back and so every time like um I would need to go to the bathroom or um yeah need my sheets changed but I wasn't due to go to theater um they would have to roll me in bed to basically roll the sheets up on one side, roll me over the lump of sheets and then roll the rest up and pull it out and then do it all again to unroll fresh sheets. So um, if you can imagine that on entirely open wounds and oh. then it's like when people were trying to grab you and it's like they can't grab your arms because they've just been grafted two weeks ago, can't grab your legs because they were grafted a week ago, can't touch your entire backside because it's all open wound. It's like so really they've got like not much to hold on to. So it was kind of just like, we're going to grab all your sore bits and you're just going to have to like it and lump it basically. It was just like, we're going to get this done. And it was just like, all right. And it was horrific every time. And yeah, my family would hold the gas in my mouth while it would roll me. And I'd just be like staring at them, just like, make this stop. So just like pleading with them and just screaming at them. And so like nurses were leaving crying and it was just, it was traumatic for everyone. So I was just so grateful that, my family was there every single day, every single day, um, from like before opening, like before they would let visitors in, they were like banging on the door to come in um, until like 11 o'clock at night and they would basically just sleep on the floor of my room and just like in this hideous um, armchair 
and they were just there all the time so I was just so grateful for them and then obviously the nurses had just yeah gone above and beyond to yeah save our lives and keep us as comfortable as possible and yeah they're just yeah I owe them my life so I was just really grateful yeah Oh, that's really nice. So, so we'll go right back. Like, what are your what are your memories of that day? It was a shit day on the water, right? Was it wasn't it a real bumpy day? No. <laughs> I don't, on, on, the, on the Netflix movie, they talk about everyone being seasick. Yeah, like have you just got a strong? I I don't remember the last time I was seasick. Um, oh, okay. And I've been, I've been out in some pretty big seas, so I mean, I okay. say it wasn't rough. So it was a rough day for the tourists, but it was wind chop. Okay. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it, it lo- probably looked worse than what yeah. it was. But the boat we had, um, it was a brand-new boat. Um, it had only been in operation since April, um, so this is December. That boat was notorious for making people sick. Like, it made crew sick. There was a couple of days, I remember, where I was the only crew member working and everyone else was vomiting. And it was, like, me versus 30 people vomiting, and it was, like, this is the best. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a rough, rough day. It was just... Yeah, it was bumpy, but yeah. it just seemed to set people off. You, you were experienced. like you, you must have loved this job because you had it for like five years, you said. Yeah. There's no sort of inkling or anything that anything was wrong or untowards or out of the ordinary. No, it was a level two, but yeah. it had been a level two before and nothing had ever happened. And well, that, that, um, that scale thing seems, seems really weird. Eh? So level one, sweet as, level two, should be, should be right, level three, no good. It's So it's five-point scale. Right. I don't okay. know if it's changed since, but because um, obviously I don't need to check that now. Right, so so the issue is like where you guys were at the time of the eruption. Which was in the crater. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Has your brain sort of blocked it out, or do you remember? No. No. So when did you realise, oh, fuck, this is this is not good? Immediately. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was... So there's no, no warning at all, nothing? There was no noise. There was no noise. Like, there was no, like, you think, like, you watch movies of, I don't know, there's all sorts of volcanic movies, but I haven't seen any of them. Um, but, and why would you now? Yeah, I mean, I probably <laughs> don't need to see that now. Um, I, yeah, I mean, you think of a volcanic eruption, you think, like, sonic boom material, I suppose, and, like, it just, like, shakes you to the bones. Like, if we hadn't turned around, we probably never would have saw it coming. So we were just lucky that some of the passengers, um, and I think my backup guide, they um, happened to turn around and were just all going, wow, look at that, taking photos. And then when I turned around, it was like, that's not normal. And so it was you, like, let's go. You, you just, so they were they were in awe of it. Um, well, I mean, you don't you, know it's not normal. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've never been there before. They might have just thought, well, this is part of the show. Like, yeah, we wouldn't be here if this was unsafe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's because, like, I understand the, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's shit being a survivor and a crew member because I obviously have all the knowledge of the crew member. But on the other hand, it's like I was also there when it erupted. So it's like I never want that to happen to anyone ever again um, because it's not good. Is that like like survivor guilt in a way, do you think? Not survivor guilt. It's just a shitty position to be in because, like, I, I, I knew... Obviously, what could happen? I talked about it every day for five years. I talked about eruptions and, like, we probably made, well, we did, we made jokes, like, what happens if it erupts? It's like, well, you just cross your fingers and hope, like, hell, it's not pyroclastic flow. And what do we have? (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, as soon as I saw that, it was just like, well, that's our goose cooked, for lack of a better word. It was just like, well, that's just white flag moment. It was like, I know the odds of surviving that. So it was like... What do you do? 
what do you do when you're looking at the thing that's going to kill you statistically? And and then then how quickly does everything happen? Do, do things just go dark immediately, or um, it or? was <laughs> so it's really weird. I in my head the whole thing, the whole I guess in our island experience, um, it took about ten minutes in my head. It was less than two, so it was very very quick, which is good in a way because um, obviously that's two minutes and then it was done. But um, yeah. It, yeah, it was just it was the slowest two minutes of my life. Oh, I can only imagine. And yeah. you, and you, you you're conscious the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I was. But you're in you're in excruciating pain, or you, you yeah. your body flips into some sort of adrenaline mode, or what? Oh, there's only so much adrenaline yeah. can do <laughs> when it's when it's most of your body. Um, oh. Yeah, there's only so much adrenaline can do. So um, yeah, like I remember it all, and um, yeah, I remember I remember my the feeling of my arms. I don't remember my legs, and so I remember when I woke up in hospital and was lucid, um, I was surprised that my legs were burnt and that they'd been grafted, and then I was surprised again at the fact that they look like salami. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it was a weird moment. But, um, yeah. What what were you wearing? So you had your blue and white stripe. Just T-shirt Work T-shirt. T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, and then I was wearing um, hiking boots. Yeah, so... um, anything that was exposed so my arms so t-shirt line to fingertips um short line to boot line and then my lower back got burnt because when I crouched down um my bag made my shirt right up and exposed my lower back so um it was basically any skin that was exposed um got burnt because it was all chemical burns so so when it's going on like what what are you doing are you like writhing around in pain are you are you sort of curled over in the fetal position? Yeah, uh, I, I'd crouched down. Um, I I didn't move up until the last couple of seconds because I kind of thought, well, there's no point moving because I knew what was going to happen, which didn't happen, which is good. Um, what did you think was going to happen? That we weren't going to make it out right. the other side. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I remember it all. But, um, yeah, unless you've had burns, there's no point in trying to describe it because I'll never do it justice. All I can think of is um, like having a steam burn on, on mm. the inside of my hand from a pot, like a tiny yeah. little thing, like the size of a 50-cent coin. Yeah. And the pain's fucking excruciating. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to escape it. Yeah. And you, you put Savlon on, you put frozen peas on it, you run under a tap or whatever, nothing nothing works. Yeah. And that's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the body. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's like that even worse, but just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I had 45% of my body burnt. Um yeah, so pretty much almost all my legs, all my, um, pretty much all my arms. And then, yeah, a little bit of my lower back, which wrapped around to my stomach as well. And then I had some, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Cosmetic burns on my face and neck as well, which um, aren't as obvious and didn't get grafted. So I was lucky there that I managed to protect my face. Not that that's what I was trying to do, but <laughs> I just got lucky and because um, yeah, I just figured if I had any chance in getting off the island, it was I needed to be able to see and I needed to be able to breathe. So it was I had my sunglasses on and my gas mask on, which you could, is actually burnt into my face, um, and I just held them to my face and so managed to yeah save the skin on my face that way. Not that that was my aim, but yeah. So, lucky. So the so, so the the eruption passes in a couple of minutes. Then it becomes clear again. So yeah, was, and yeah, uh, yeah, and then it was quiet, and then so yeah, it was like well, it's now or never. We 
this is our opening because it was kind of like, well, if it's going to go again, um, yeah, we just have to run that risk because either that will stay here. Yeah. So, so how, was, how, how many were, were in your group? So there were 22 that died altogether. 21. I think it was 21. In your group? Yeah, including me and my backup guide. Yeah. Mm. And how many of you guys made it out? Uh, oh, God, I'm not good at math. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I should work this out and remember this number but because I keep getting asked it and I never know. Mm. But um, I think most... I think most of my group survived, other than a few. But um, so just by sheer luck of where you were, we yeah we were in a way better spot than yeah. um, group two. Um, the other group, which um, yeah only three survived from, um, so we were in a better place. We had more protection. So, we, we saw it earlier, I think, as well. So the um, you're in agony. The explosions come and gone. You're like, okay, okay, team, we've got to get the fuck out of here. Are you, are you still? In, in work mode at that point or are you more sort of self-preservation mode at that point? Um, I stayed for, I think, I don't, I don't know how long, like my brain would say it was five minutes, but it was probably five seconds because, um, yeah, I guess I was, it was, I was running so fast trying to get things, trying to figure out what was going on that, um, yeah, my just so much was crammed into such a small amount of time that time feels longer for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I convinced my group that they had to get up and then, um, yeah, I just said, follow me and just basically walked back to the wharf. Um, and one of our other boats came back for us cause the boat, which is lucky cause the boat that we came out on got hit. So that was full of ash. Um, so they couldn't turn that on cause if they turned it on, it would have just sucked all the ash straight into the engine and yeah, seized yeah. it. So, um, yeah, we got back on the other boat. And went home on that. That's remarkable. <laughs> I'm sure it's only going to be a matter of time, but it, I mean, you, you deserve some sort of bravery award. <laughs> you really do. Like you, you, you laugh at it, and you'd, you'd never say it, but you do. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, I don't know. It just I think I think you're, you're like you're downplaying the, the way that you acted in the situation, and um, I'm, I'm telling you, not everyone would act the same way. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess you don't know what you're going to do in that situation until you're in the situation. Like, I've had people be like, I'd never, I would never would react like that. So we have no idea, actually, because when it's, when you're in it, you kind of, yeah, you just act. Mm -hmm. You don't really think, you just act. And it's basically, right, what's my best option here? And you just do that and you just hope for the best. Mm. Yeah. So, um, what's the, what, like, what's the pain like at that point? When you when you do, how far how's the how far's the walk back to the back to where you had to get on the boat, like a few hundred meters. Um, yeah, maybe a hundred and fifty two hundred right, meters. Right, wasn't that far. We were on our way back, so yeah. we were halfway back, um, maybe just over halfway. So, and it was more or less flat. Yeah, and yeah, we went past the helicopter that made all the headlines. The one that the only helicopter to ever be left on my island. <laughs> So, um, oh, that's what, the one that was sort of shaken off the platform yeah, and was so, covered in ash. So it was pushed off the platform. Um, I don't know what tonnage that is. I don't think it's a very heavy one, but, um, I mean, a tonne is heavy. Mm. So um, it got shoved off, so that's a pretty good indication as to how um, heavy and how much power that um, pyroclastic flow had. Mm. So, um, yeah, we walked past that and, um, yeah, down to the wharf. And so everyone gets back on the boat, and it's a boat ride that you've done – 
you know, just about every day for the last five years. So yeah. you know it's a fucking long way. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, how, what is it, like 90 minutes or something? Uh, usually sort of just over an hour. The right. Boat, the boat that we were on um, on the way back, Phoenix, um, usually could do it in about an hour, 15, hour 20, depending on how full it was. Um, obviously it now has two boatloads with people on it, well, one and a half. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty heavy. So um, it was, yeah, running running hot on the way home. But you know the captain's going to be giving it death. But you also know oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a fucking long way back and it's yeah. a long time. Yeah, I think we did it in just over an hour. I think yeah. managed, he managed to get us home in just over an hour, mm. which is amazing because like, you could hear the boat at its absolute peak. And I remember even thinking, it was like, come on, Phoenix, come on, Phoenix, keep it together. And apparently the captain was doing the same thing. So that was, um, yeah, but, yeah, managed to make it back with no issues, thankfully. So, so what, no yeah, boat issues. So, yeah, so, yeah, so what were you doing on that boat ride? You're just like, just just lying there in your own fucking pain? Mm. Is that it? Or were you, I wasn't. Were you... I don't remember um, much going on around me because I was kind of very tunnel vision at that point. Um, so, yeah, I was just, I was sitting at the back. And maybe about halfway back, I just remember being so cold. I was so, so cold. I don't know if that was shock or the fact that I was wet and in the wind. <laughs> Could have been both. Um, and I said to the people that were putting water on me and helping me, I just said, I need to get inside. And they're like, you can't walk on the boat while it's going this fast. And I just said, fucking watch me. <laughs> and I got up. <laughs> And I couldn't straighten my legs and I couldn't straighten my arms. So I was like this like little bunched over T-Rex and the boat's hoofing it home. And so I managed to make it in. I think I bounced off a few things and um, you managed to make it inside and sit down. It was like less than out of the wind. But um, yeah, that was <laughs> probably a hard few steps for me and the poor people that I was talking to. So so, so the, the, the pain you're in then, I, I feel like if it was me, I'd pass out or something from the from the pain or discomfort I was in? Uh, like, how, I, do you, how do you remain conscious through that? I just did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I had much of a choice. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I was sitting up. Um, but yeah, I was conscious the whole way home. Um, yeah, so I, I never never passed out. And, and you think at that point you're going to... Do you, do, do you feel like you, this, is the, this is it? You're going to die? Or you never feel... I, no, I didn't. I... I had that on the island when I saw the pyroclastic flow, but I think the fact that we'd made it out the other side, I was like, it's good. And so <laughs> I was, it never crossed my mind again. It never crossed my mind that because even though we were off the island, we still went out of the woods. Mm. So, um, like, and even still, I didn't really find out about what had ended up happening, like the loss of life and what had happened when we left the island. Um, I never found out about any of that until about three weeks later. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, because I was like, well, I'm alive, so everyone's alive, because it was like, that makes sense. That made sense in my little brain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it was like, well, if we weren't supposed to make it, but we did make I made it, so everyone's made it. That's just, I don't know why that logic made sense to me, but it did. Um, so that was pretty brutal, having that rug ripped out from underneath mm. me that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, not everyone had made it, which, yeah, it was horrible. Mm. Um, so, so you're on the boat inspecting yourself. You, you realise it's not good? Yeah. I. I, or, I or, is it, or did it look not so bad at the time and got worse oh, over time? It didn't look good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, even on the island, yeah. it didn't look good. Like, And so that was, what, seconds after the actual burning. And it was just kind of like um, I heard one of the 
girls describe it as basically like the skin was just melting off us like candle wax. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a pretty apt description. Um, and even the photos I've now got from hospital, um, I think I had been debrided, but you can see where all the skin was just like coming off. And it was just, yeah, basically melting off. So that was pretty, yeah, it was, it was weird. I just remember, I remember my hands the most on the way home. I just remember staring at my hands being like, what is happening? This is weird. And like, like never really occurring to me that it was burns. Never really occurring to me that it was going to require grafting. I probably never heard of grafting. Now that I actually think about it. Um, yeah, it, none of that, none of that was going on in my head at that point. It was just like, this is weird. What is going on? It was just like tunnel vision of just, just a state like, of shock, eh? Yeah, Extreme shock. Yeah, kind of like coherent, normal thoughts. It was kind of just like, what is going on? Just a big kind of what the fuck. Yeah, yet, yet on the the other hand, there were those uh, coherent and normal thoughts, like you being um, putting on your work hat when the explosion was going on. <laughs> and also when, when you got back to um, the mainland, um, this was in the Netflix documentary, like you spot your – your mum? Yeah, my mum, my nana, my sister, and apparently my uncle. And I think my dad was there as well. But I, I just remember seeing, yeah, my mum, my nana, and my sister. And I was like, looking at my hands, looking at them. I was like, I don't want them to see me like this. Because I was all melty and gross. So I was just like. <laughs> melty and gross. I was just like, oh, I need to, and I was in so much pain. So I was just like, yeah. I don't, no one wants their family to see them in that position. So how, how, like, far, how far away were they? What are you talking? Uh, like 20 oh, metres? Like, 30 metres? Yeah, 20 yeah. metres. Like, so they, um, if you ever come to Fakatani Wharf, um, I can show you. <laughs> so they were um, on the grass by the playground, I think, and um, we pulled in to where the way station is. So as we were kind of coming in quite fast, um, I spotted them as we went past, and it was just like, ooh, we're going to get off this boat quick and get out of, um, yeah, out of where they can see me. Um Unbeknownst to me, um, a couple of the cops actually knew me um, from school and uni and through my sister, who's a friend with them, and they saw me go into this ambulance and they went and told them, and they're like, she's in an ambulance on the way to hospital, and they're like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that all moved pretty quickly, and then from there, it gets pretty hazy because as soon as we got there, they were loading us up on basically anything they could to try mm-hmm. and help with the pain. Yeah, but- so I, I can understand you not wanting to, and I, I, I get you weren't thinking coherently at the time. But I can under, understand you didn't, didn't want your parents, um, or your, your family, to see you in this um, in the state. But then, like giving them a thumbs up or a wave would indicate that you're okay, which would have been <laughs> would have been nice for them. But it was just like <laughs> there was no doing thumbs up that yeah, day, yeah. That, not that afternoon, and it was not a thumbs up moment. So yeah, it was just okay. like it would have okay. been like no. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, it was just like nah, get out of here just go and so yeah to i went off the front of the boat which meant going up and over the rail and up onto the wharf so um my friend's dad had got on the boat and um i was like get me off this boat and i just like took off and they were like um okay and so they ended up just yeah shoving me off the boat and so um yeah and then got me in an ambulance mm. but again still thinking about still thinking about the concerns of others yeah yeah which is really really I mean, yeah, you, know, you you need to give yourself more credit than what you do for these things. I think I'm just stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Well, good stubborn then, good stubborn. <laughs> so I know some stubborn people who are complete pains in the ass, um, but that's a very unselfish um, stubbornness. <laughs> so this is the thing that I don't, I don't understand, and maybe you don't understand it, or yeah, maybe you do have more understanding now about burns and how they work. But 
I don't understand how this can happen to you. You're on a boat for an hour. Um, you walk off the boat. You get taken to hospital. And then for the next couple of weeks, there's, there's a chance you might live or die. Your life is in the balance. You, you think if you can survive the explosion and you're on the boat for that long, that you're going to be sweet as. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that was kind of my thought as well. And yeah, as soon as the pyroclastic flow was gone, I was like, I'm alive, let's go. So um, it never really crossed my head again that, yeah, that it could still get worse. It never, that never crossed my um, my brain. It was just like, we're out of here. So that's, that's it. We're, we're good. Um, but with burns, um, because of, because I mean, skin's your biggest organ. Skin is well and truly your biggest organ. And so it is like, it thermoregulates, it like keeps your body the right temperature. Um, it stops infection and bugs and all the shit getting into your body. Um, it does all the things like it sweats and like, yeah, so it does all that. Um, and so when like for me, 45% of that is now damaged and to the point where it's not just my skin that was damaged, it was even below that. So into the muscle, like fascia is gone, like there's bits of muscle being removed, like things like that. So it means, um, that skin's gone. Um, so infection can get in all of a sudden 45% of my body doesn't regulate temperature anymore. So I was always really, really hot. Like I just remember in hospital, I was so hot mm. all the time. Theatres were kept at about 39 degrees to keep you warm because um, you can't regulate your temperature. So they wheeled me into theatre and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like why, why am I in a sauna? This is like torture. Like, I suppose because you're, you're burning up. Like if you, anyone that's had sunstroke will know. Yeah. Like the last thing you want to do the next day is be in direct sunlight. Because yeah, yeah. And like um, once, yeah, once the skin's obviously all, remo- all the burnt skin has been removed, you're just this literally like it's just down to the muscle, like all your muscles exposed. So then obviously the risk of infection is massive. And then you have the donor site, which they then remove as well. So that's my entire back. So now you're thinking legs are open, arms are open, back is open. So that's like over, well and truly over 50% of my body is currently not functioning. My biggest organ is currently not functioning. And then I did get infections. I got um, a couple of infections. Um, one of them I got in my donor site and um, they had to graft my legs because the cadaver skin I had on my legs um, only lasts about 14 days. So they had to take that off, which means they had to graft me or get more cadaver skin. And Cadaver skin, so that skin from like a, a recently deceased person? or yeah. So organ donors, you have to specify that you want um, skin donated as well, right. which definitely do that. Because obviously that's massive. People don't think about this kind of shit. No, and not They take organ donor and you think organ donor, it, it's all the things. Kidney, like, yeah, heart, lungs. Eyes, yeah. whatever. Um, it actually doesn't include skin. So you actually have to make a specific point, like include my skin. My skin is an organ. Take my skin. Because, I mean, you don't need it when you're dead. Mm. Like, don't be selfish. <laughs> don't take it. Don't take it with you. Leave it behind. Yeah, what's it going to do in that Give coffin? Give it a second life. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Come on. Um, wow. And so, like, I got, I got a couple of infections um, to the point where I know that one of the antibiotics I was on, they were drip feeding it to me, and it was like, I don't know. It was like so toxic that basically it was getting like a little drop every like fifteen minutes or half an hour. Otherwise, if they gave it to me all at once, it would kill me. And it was like. Rad, I want that on my body. So, um, like, the massive risk of infection. Um, and then, obviously, thermoregulation. I could overheat or I could totally cool down and just 
drop dead. So, like, there's so many things that can go wrong with burns. Okay. And um, ICU, those first 10 days, it wasn't until they kind of got to that 10-day mark and they managed to sit me up on the side of the bed, which was horrible. Um, and Was it why? Just the pain of sitting up? Oh, when you've been lying down for 10 yeah. days and you've not really moved yourself in 10 days, it's like I've had, like, you lose so much muscle mass so fast if you're not moving. If you're not using it, you literally lose it. So um, 10 days of not moving um, and not using my muscles. Like I was being moved in theatre. I had a physio who would come into theatre and while I was knocked out would be in there like stretching everything and bending everything. Um, And then, yeah, so basically then they sat me up before I left, was allowed to leave ICU. And it was horrible. I still remember it now. And I was still like seeing double and... Um, didn't know where I was, and it was just like this woman who just kidnapped me. She hadn't actually, she was a nurse. Um, <laughs> was trying to make me sit up on the side of the bed, and it was just like insult to injury. It's like you've just kidnapped me, and now you're making me sit up. It was just like this is not fair. Um, yeah, and then it was just like got up on the ward, and then um, yeah, still had issues with um, uh, infection. And then there was a day where a day. Um, it was not long after my legs got done where the grafts didn't look like they were actually going to take and I was in so much pain I don't actually remember anyone telling me that that's what the surgeon had said after that dressing change um, they basically just everyone looked pretty depressed and it was like we're going to have to do this again so it meant waiting for my back and everything to heal enough to take it again for the third time and I was in agony I was like I'm not doing this again it was like but you need skin so I was like you need to do it again but thankfully they did take, so I didn't have to do that. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So there's the um, cadaver skin. Cadaver? Cadaver. Cadaver skin that you talk about. And also the um, skin graft from your own body. Where did they take that from? Your back. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, I was lucky. They Lucky? Um they took it from my back, my mm. butt, and my thighs. So if I was wearing shorts, it just looks like I've been attacked with a cheese slice, basically. One of those ones where you can get the slices. Still now. Yeah, yeah. You, you can still see the scars. My back's red. Well, it's not red now. It's kind of pink, but it's definitely a different colour to the rest yeah. of my normal skin. Wow. So uh, how many how many surgeries all up? 17? I think it's 17. Wow. Um, which I think, yeah, it's, it's number 17 or 18 this year. So I'm waiting on one more, um, for, yeah, this year, which will be year number 17 or 18, I think. Right. Yeah. So, so then, um, so it's like two weeks after the eruption where you sort of come out of the coma? 
or uh, regain sort of consciousness? So I was in the coma for five days yeah. but in ICU for ten. Right. Up. Yeah. So, 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 so half of my time in ICU was conscious and half, the other half not so much. So what are your earliest sort of coherent memories of sort of coming out of the mist, I guess? I remember coming out of the coma um, and it's <laughs> from what my parents have told me because they were there in, in the morning and they were like, we're going to wake her up today. And everyone was like, yes, yay, we can talk to Kelsey. Um, and the doctor came in. I don't know how they do it, so I'm probably going to get this bit wrong, but uh. basically adjusted the meds or whatever to wake me up. And he was like, it should take about 20 minutes. Um, I'll come back in about 20 minutes and um, we can go from there. Left to go see the other patients because obviously I'm not the only one in the hospital. Um, literally as soon as he left, I woke up. And everyone was like, get the doctor because I'm gagging because I've got tubes down my throat and I can't move and so I'm getting really stressed because it's like it felt like being just like pinned to the bed and something's in my throat and it was like I can't Mm. breathe I was like my eyes were like this and so I couldn't see um I don't know what was going on I could hear my dad's voice um I remember my dad's voice my mum was there as well but um it got I got so stressed mum actually had to leave because she just couldn't handle it which is fair um, and oh, it's so distressing. I mean, yeah, your, yeah. your daughter's in this um, discomfort and there's nothing you can do. Exactly. And they can't find the doctor. Doctors somehow vanish off the face of the planet. Dad's trying to calm me down. I remember him talking to me um, and he's trying to tell me to calm down and just breathe slowly like, you're fine. And I'm going, there's something in my throat. And it was just <laughs> like, this is not fine. And so, um, yeah, I remember that very, very clearly. I couldn't see anything because it was just like my eyes either had something in them or just because I'd been in a coma, I was on so much drugs, they just, yeah, were in different directions. And there was like this orange haze. I remember this orange haze and thinking I was in a tent. And I remember thinking that's not very hygienic. From the last time I saw my body, I was like, this isn't very hygienic. This is not a good place to be. And now I'm like choking. So it was like, this is great. This is a good way. But I didn't realise I'd been in a coma either. I just thought I had a little nap and then all of a sudden was waking up to all this random shit and it was like, what is happening? Yeah, I suppose you, you lose complete um, sense or perspective of time. Yeah, because it's, it's not like, I mean, you go to sleep and you wake up. It's like whether it's been five minutes or five days, kind of doesn't register at that point. Um, yeah, and so eventually the doctor came back because they have to make sure that you are – properly waking up and properly going to wake up because otherwise they have to re-intubate you while you're awake mm. which as you can imagine probably not very comfortable so yeah. they did the doctor that's why he the tubes weren't allowed to be just pulled out it was like i had to be totally awake before they were going to pull those out um so that they didn't have to put them back in and put me back under yeah so so those those early conversations do you remember much about them like like what are you did you have a million questions or were you just sort of I, numb I remembered it all yeah. um the doctors were like she probably won't remember um it's going to be a bit like 51st dates which is why they didn't tell me the extent of what had happened for 3 weeks cuz they would probably have to tell me every day and i mean mum and dad were still getting to grips with what had happened and mm. um people were still dying in other hospitals um all that shit was still happening back home with trying to get the other people off the island and all the other stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, they were like, we're not doing that for us and for her. That's just not right. So um, they yeah, didn't tell me, which was the right thing to do. It definitely was. Um, like just did, did, what I mean, didn't tell you, didn't tell you what had happened or the extent of what was going on. Yeah, the extent of just, what was happening. Yeah, so it kept you cocooned. Yeah. yeah. So And like I would ask questions. I'd be like, "Where's how's Hayden? Where's Hayden? And they'd just somehow 
change the subject. And I remember a couple of times thinking, that's weird, and then just continuing on because I was just so full of drugs. It was just kind of like I had a brain like mm. a sieve. So I was just like, that's weird, and just carried on answering questions. So it was a bit weird. But, yeah, I remembered everything, and the docs were quite surprised by that. So, um, yeah, but I'm quite glad that I do remember what I remember because there's no kind of question as to what happened for me. And, um, yeah, I'm glad I remember, which yeah. is morbid and weird. But, yeah, it just means there's no question for me as to what happened. And I'm not relying on everyone else to fill in those gaps and that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. So um, Hayden, who you, who you just mentioned, he's um, uh, uh, he was one of your co-workers. Um, like your boss? Boss or a peer? Um, he was my boss. Right. He was one of my bosses. M- massive, 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 massive lamb chop so, yeah. sideburns. Yeah, the most horrific <laughs> sideburns you've ever seen. They were, yeah. All the way, like all the way down to the moustache line. Massive. Oh, and in November he'd grow it up into handlebar right. moustache and it would be like a moustache lamb chop hybrid and it was horrible. Yeah. But every November. What are your, what are your memories of Hayden? Oh, so many. Um, yeah, he trained me when I first started there and so... Um, and he was just like, we ended up calling him Funkle because he was like our fun uncle. <laughs> he was just, oh, he's so much fun. Like, he'd like take us out to like Tarawera Falls after work and like we'd just go and do all this like real fun stuff in the area. And um, yeah, like his tours were just a hoot and he just gave everything 110%. So it was just, yeah, he was so much fun. It was great. Um, and then he became one of our bosses instead of one of our peers. And so that was a bit of an adjustment. <laughs> Um, and he took his job very seriously, which was really, really cool. Like, hindsight, I wish I'd actually stopped being such a little prat <laughs> and um, actually just listened rather than fighting him all the time. Um, so it was a bit of a, like, brother-sister relationship where, um, yeah, I was always right, he was always right. Yeah. And so it was just like we'd always just clash, we'd clash over dumb shit like that. Um, and then he became a skipper, which was really cool. So he was driving the boats. Um and yeah, so it was really cool to go watch him like go up through the ranks, I suppose, to Skipper, and he was just so proud of that achievement as well, which was really cool. Yeah, and that was the um, so just following your Instagram journey, um, there was that first appreciation post you did where you thanked everyone for their support and you thanked the Give a Little People, um, one hundred twenty thousand dollars by the way, and then the, the next post was an appreciation post to um, Hayden, I suppose, when the reality um, yeah. sunk in that your mate didn't make it. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't. You you probably know when I posted that. I don't. <laughs> I can't um, remember the date. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think I was home. I think I was still in huts. It must have been um, end of January sometime because I don't think I'd been moved. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd known for maybe a month by that point. Um, yeah, and it just it was, yeah, pretty horrible. And then um, like I hadn't seen the news or watched the news um, since it had all happened. Um, Did you want to or no? No, no. I, I'd been hearing some pretty horrible stories about what people were saying and what like? Oh. Well, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I probably shouldn't go there because I'll get really worked up and then I'll probably get in trouble. But, um, yeah. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm just curious from, from my perspective because all I remember from that time is just this, this horrible um, human tragedy, which was yeah. just one of, the, one of the most devastating days in New Zealand history. And yeah. I, I certainly didn't come across anyone saying anything horrible about it. Oh, I, I'd but, heard also – like people – I don't know if there was anything malicious behind it, but um, I, there was a lot of things that were said that weren't right. 
and there were a lot of things that were made up because they didn't have the answers because obviously everyone at the time was busy trying to get people off the island and mm-hmm. trying to figure out who was where and what was happening. Um, so my colleagues and that obviously weren't talking to the press and um, I don't think Nati was talking to the press. No one was talking to the press because it was like, let's just deal with what's happened rather than tell you what's happened. You're actually not part of this. So people were filling in blanks. Um, there's, I've got a whole bunch of news stories about, um, all these things that people have said. Um, like one of them, for instance, was that instead of looking after my group, I called my mum on the island, which is quite a feat in itself, because if you know White Island, there's no coverage. Um, I also didn't have a phone, so that was pretty clever. Um, and also there was no time. So it was like. Where did you get that information yeah. oh, from? Why are you making kick. that shit up? That's an absolute kick in the guts. And it made and it made me look like I I don't know if people took it seriously or not, but it it made me feel like I hadn't done my job. And it was like I knew that it wasn't real, so I knew they were just full of shit. But it was like I didn't do that, and people now think I did this. And it was just like oh my god, everyone's going to think that that's why people died. They're going to think that this is my fault. So that was really horrible. And then there was stuff said about the company and. Um, yeah, like, there's some pretty nasty shit. Like, people were just keyboard warriors, and it was pretty horrible. So I stayed the hell away from it, and um, my nurses wouldn't let me watch TV. Um, and I was there for, like, t- I was in hospital for, I think it was, like, 70-something days, but and never watched TV. Like, and what else do you do in hospital other than stare at the roof? Mm. So it was like, I never watched TV that whole time because I was just like, I don't want to know, I don't want to see. And because my hands were all bandaged and delicate um i couldn't change the channel so it was like <laughs> if everyone left yeah. it was like when something came on it was like well i'm just gonna have to like la 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 my way through this yeah. and it was just like i'm not doing that so it was just like nah i'm not doing this so never watched tv um yeah didn't listen to the radio or anything when i came home um actually the only ra- radio i did listen to was the rock because they don't do that shit they don't talk about that kind of shit so it was just like well, and, and can, can i can i tell you from like a like the perspective of sitting here oh, no, um, i just realized that not, you weren't on the rock you were on the edge i was on, I was on the edge at the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. You under the bus. I, oh, no, no that's all right that's right the rock um they're, they're good friends of mine I know, I know you've done a bit with um jan dunk who do the afternoon show on the rock and they, they, they do a great great show but um just if i may um well not even applaud but just say no, no other no media organizations doing that that's that's yeah. individual weird people online yeah, yeah. no media organization yeah it just, it's, is, just, it's is, just made me real paranoid now yeah and that's awful and then especially with the court cases it's made me just really really paranoid that whatever i say is going to get used wrong and whatever i talk about is going to get used against me in court and stuff like that so i'm just like hella paranoid like so i mean i've not done a lot of these sorts of things and when I do, it's like, I want to hear it before it goes anywhere live. Yeah. Um, and I want the right to be able to say, cut that out, yeah. take that out. Well, you, you, we've been going backwards and forwards for, for a couple of months. You, you're, you're a hard one to pin down. <laughs> um, but you, you sent me a DM a couple of weeks ago saying, oh, can you send me a list of questions? And Because uh, uh, you, you were worried about the legal, the yeah. legal aspect. And I replied to you saying, well, I don't really have any questions, but it's just like um, it's your – perspective on things but I never really sort of thought about it from your angle that yeah and that's um that's another like you, you what you've been through is is daunting like it's been enough trauma for you know 10 lifetimes really let alone one yeah. and, and now you've got this other thing hanging over your head yeah and it was like even um like when they told me what was going on so this was like 
it was I think it was right before my leg grafting so it was around Christmas in 2019 um, so I'm hearing about all the stuff I'm hearing that people have died I'm hearing um, basically what's going on back home all that kind of stuff and then I'm also hearing media are trying to break into the hospital the hospital was in lockdown because of you because you're here every single hospital with someone in it from my island is in lockdown there are guards everywhere there's police everywhere my family were being harassed um people were calling them it was like how did they get their numbers um they were breaking into the hospitals they were dressing up in lab coats and trying to get through security they were lying about being a relative of mine um I heard that one of them burnt themselves purposely to get into the burns unit to try and find us. And it was like, I'm hearing all of this while I'm not strapped to the bed, but I'm immobile. I can't fend for myself. And it was like, so I'd have like two hours in the middle of the day where I was like having a nap and I just stare at the door. And it was like, what if someone comes through with a camera? I can't do anything. I can't even call the nurses because I had this little husky voice because I had a tube down my throat. So it was like, I can't defend myself. And then I got out of hospital and it was like, I started seeing all this stuff in the media and it was like, oh my God, like nowhere is safe. No one has got anyone's back here. Everyone's just like, it's like this big media frenzy of piranha just basically just ripping shreds off. And it was like, holy shit. And so it was terrifying. And then they're like, and then I yeah, posted that first um, post, got slammed media being like, we want to talk to you, let's do this. And I was just like, well, actually, I've got this media article from your work there's no way I'll talk to you. Look what you said. It's like, there's no way. So I just delete and just, well, yeah, never reply. Yeah, also I suppose by doing stuff, well, yeah, by doing stuff on Instagram, it's like you control your narrative Yeah, as well. and so it was safe for me because it was like... It's your space. Yeah, exactly. No one could take it over. No one could misconstrue what I said because it was like I would, I'd write it out. I'd have my mum read it. I'd have my dad read it. Um, my partner at the time, I'd have him read it. I'd have my sister read it. And it was like, can you misread anything in this? And it was like that for months. And it was just like, I'm, I was terrified. And I didn't want to go into town. I didn't want to leave my house. It was terrifying. Oh, Kels, that's terrible. <sighs> Sorry you went through that. I mean, no, and that's on no, top no, of everything else. No, no one deserves it. But, yeah. but especially when, um, like when, when your character and conduct on the island – sorry, I'm getting upset now. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting all mad and my, my, my voice yeah, is getting yeah. like raspy no, and my mouth is dry. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the, and I, I mean, guess as a media person, you're thinking, Jesus, like, I'm not, this no, is if, what people... If, can I just say, anyone that's in music radio, they're, they're, not, they're not media people. No. Like, Jay and, and Duncan, yeah. I know you're big fans. But, but it's like, the fact that someone could accuse you of, like, um, you know, almost improper conduct um, during the, the emergency and like, calling a, your mum... I'm a cool mum. Just wait, guys. <laughs> especially when the, um, the, the way you actually handled yourself, as we all now know, is like the polar opposite of that. Like, you went above and beyond. Yeah. I mean, that's just... It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I, and I can't imagine what it's like. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. Like, being in this broken position where mm. you're aching all over, you're just... You, you, you're being pulled in one direction and the other direction and, you, you know, you're just stinging and you're completely immobile and then the, the shit's going on about you. It's unthinkable and I'm sorry. Yeah, and so, like, um, yeah, just terrifying. And it's like, and then um, the police want to talk to you because obviously you're a witness now. Yeah. You're a victim, you're a witness. Um, and so it was just like, Jesus, now I have to do that. And if I say anything that makes it sound like I've done something wrong or a colleague's done something wrong, I'm then going to have to do this in court. So it was like great and it was like and I know if I say anything to the media 
and I get worked up because it's very easy for me to get worked up about. <laughs> I can tell you're fasting. <laughs> is that, is that a, re- a redhead thing? Oh, look, I'm like, I'm the worst of all of them. It's like redhead, Aries. It's like, you name it, I am it. It's like, yeah, like fire sign. It's just, oh, man, it's just like the perfect combination of just like aggro. And then it's like, and and then like my brain is permanently stuck in fight because fight has saved my life so many times. It's like, so now it's just like my my brain just goes fight. Mm. It'll save you. And it's just like, so now it's just like. Every, it doesn't take much for me to be like, yeah. and just like get all angsty straight away. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty shit. But that, the fight or flight thing, like we talked about that before, that's um, that's how you were able to conduct yourself so awesomely in the heat of the yeah. the heat of the moment. And like fight is great for those situations. Yeah. But when yeah. you like drop a spoon and just like want to fight everyone, not so good. <laughs> not very handy. <laughs> so um, like how, how are you now? How, how's the pain now? What... How has your life changed? Like, what can't you do? Um, I mean, I'm pretty fair-skinned anyway, so the graphs burn really easy, but I'm already fair-skinned, so I already burn really easy. So it's like, cool, I've been training for this my whole life. So that's not really changed. Like, I can't really go out in the sun in summer. Um, Can't really regulate my temperature anymore, so it's like I don't realise I'm hot until it's like, wow, I'm faint, I'm going to pass out. I'm too hot. Um... And then same with cold. I don't realise I'm cold until it's like my body starts vibrating. Um, the first time it happened, it was like, because I don't get goosebumps because my legs, arms don't have the pores or they're like any, they don't, they don't do that anymore. So all of a sudden my body just starts shaking because I go from, I don't get goosebumps and then get, and I don't get cold, get goosebumps, start shaking. I just skip all of that and go straight to shaking. So the first time it happened, it was like, I was just shaking. I was like, am I having a seizure? I was like, what's happening? And they were like, are you cold? And I was like, no. And they were just like, it's quite cold and you're not wearing a jacket. And it was like, I'm not cold, but I'm shaking. What is happening? Put a jersey on me and it stopped. And it was like, cool, so that's new. And it's like, I still find random little new things. It's like, I get weird sensations in my legs and in my hands. And it's just like, I had one, I think, last week where I think I was standing in the kitchen just like getting my supplements or something like that. And it was like, oh, there's cold water on my leg. And looked down and it was like, there's nothing on my leg. And it's just my nerves having a little like bah, and freak out. Wow. Um, so that's pretty weird. Um, but otherwise, that's that's your new normal now. That's how. Yeah, I, and yeah. like every time I ask someone, like, when will the nerve pain go away? Because I don't really want to keep taking this medication for life. They're like, um, and change the subject. And so no one really knows. You want to say, oh, gosh, she's 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 going to see the red mist. Yeah. You don't want to make her mad. Yeah. So well, what sort of meds are you on? How many? Like how many? Is it a con- cocktail of pills? I'm not on much, and that oh. surprises people. Um, even like in the first, I think once I was at a hospital, I was off all my medication, which was fantastic. Um, and so people were like, oh, you must be on so many medications. And I was like, no, I'm on none. And they're like, oh, okay. And so, um, but now I am on. Pain from uh, nerve pain medication because um, yeah, I always want to rip the skin off my legs. Um, and then I'm also on beta blockers for my heart rate, um, which I'm actually seeing my cardiologist tomorrow to hopefully come off them this year because um, we're not quite sure if it's the physical trauma or the mental trauma, so the fight flight. But my resting heart rate was quite high, it was over 100. And so I do any kind of exercise or cardio, I'd walk up a hill. My heart rate's at 190-something, and it's like I've just walked somewhere, and it's like, that's not safe. And then um, resting heart rate of 110, apparently, can start to do damage. So um, my cardiologist um, put me on the beta blockers to bring my heart rate down, which we didn't realise until, I think, about a year ago. 
um, because it caps my heart rate and it keeps my heart rate down. It does a really good job of that. Um, if I do any cardio, I run out of oxygen because my heart rate can only go so high and so I'm not yeah. getting oxygen into my muscles. And so for a while it was like, oh, my God, I've gone backwards so far with my, like, exercise because I could, like, do quite a lot of things and then all of a sudden like, I climbed Roy's Peak. It wasn't easy and I cried the last kilometre. But um, Did you? It was since uh, 2019. Yeah, I did that. Uh, what year are we? 23. Yeah, 2023 now. Um, not 22. It must have been 21. Wow, good for you. Yeah. yeah, that's a hell of a climb. Zigzags back and oh, forth forever. Yeah, and there's no cover. It's not, so it's all sun. Yeah. Which yeah. was not nice. Um, but, yeah, we did that in November. And, yeah, I, like, I was good up until the, like, Instagram point. And I was like, this is the top. And my partner at the time was like, this is not the top. We have a K to go. And I was just like, I don't want to go the last K. Like, I could just die here, thankfully. And he was just like, no, come on, we're doing it. You'll regret it if you don't. It's 1K. Like, and I was just like, okay. And that's where I'd like hit my limit. And I just like bawled my eyes out for the last K. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. And just like moped up the hill. And made it to the top. Admittedly, he was right. It was worth it. Um, the views were amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Roy's Peak, by the way, it's down sort of Wanaka Way. Yes, in, uh, yeah, Central yeah. Otago. Beautiful. Well stunning. worth the hike. It is stunning. And then on the way down, it was like my knees just felt like there was no cartilage there anymore. It was just like bone on bone. And it was just, oh, it was a bad time. But um, did that. And then, yeah, it was like two months later, I could not walk up a hill at home without bursting into tears and it was like not even okay and it was like how how can I do Roy's Peak and then not do this it was just like I couldn't work it out mm. and I got on the beta blockers since then and my physio was like you're running out of oxygen like that's why all of a sudden you get fatigued and then you burst into tears because your brain's running out of oxygen right like almost like altitude sickness yeah like and so it was just like and then it was like ah. so like for the last well, a year, just over a year now, I've been on the beta blockers, and so I have to be really careful with my cardio. And so, if I do, or when I do, like, um, I've t- um, started boxing and like bar, and so both I just have to be really careful with my cardio. So it's like my heart rate I can get it to about 120 and keep it there, and I'm all right. But if I go any higher than that for any kind of prolonged period of time, I run out of oxygen. <laughs> so, yeah, so the podcast is called Runners Only. I'm guessing yeah, I'm not a no relationship to running running. <laughs> no relationship to running. Occasionally I'm like, I'd love to know how to, like I'd love to be able to run. And then I'm like, nah, my boobs like want to rip off my chest and yeah, my knees yeah. hurt. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. Um, were you, yeah, you mentioned yeah, exercise and the, the heart rate thing. It, it would make you emotional and cry. Were you, were you very emotional pre-2019 or quite a, quite a, quite a hard bitch? Um, no, oh, pro- yeah, I don't know. Some maybe. Yeah, some has it made you, has it made you more emotional? Do you yeah, think? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um like even like watching movies. Like, um, I cry a lot easier than I ever ever did. I'd be like ah, sappy and just like walk away from it. Whereas now I'm like, <laughs> and it's, so that's quite a change. Yeah. Um, and then with the fight, the PTSD. Um, yeah, I get angered really easily. Um, over anything, and then it's like I also shut down really easily. So um, I went away recently with a group of 19 strangers, as you do when you've got PTSD and you want to push yourself to the limit. And it was great, but it was quite action-packed. And admittedly, it was really good because I might actually have a big trip at the end of the year, which will be bigger than this. So it was kind of a nice little taster of Mm. domestically because it was a South Island. Um, It was like, I can just get on a plane and come home within a couple of hours, so that's fine. But um, it was like... 
two two days in, it was like, wow, I really didn't take into account the social aspect of getting tired. And so it was like two days into ten days, I think it was. It was like, wow, I'm exhausted. And it was just like, I don't mm, want to talk to anyone anymore. Yeah. And it's like, let's go to Hooker Valley. And it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then so I, and then when we got to Queenstown, I was like, I feel like shit. And so I said to the to a leader, I was like, I, I got to tap out for a day or I'm going to lose my shit. And so he was just like, well, you're booked into this thing. And I was like, not anymore, mate. I'm going to call him and pull out. And they were like, he was like, you can't do that. It's less than 24 hours out. And I was like, I can fucking do that because it's either that or I'm going to cry my whole way through it. And so pulled out of it and they were sweet. They were like, yeah, that's fine. We totally get it. Yeah. So I just like stayed in my hotel room for the day. But when we were, I was walking in Queenstown, I walked them, um, the group down to, I think they were going rafting or canyoning. Um, and so I walked them down there and I was walking back and I was in Queenstown Main Street and I was just walking back to the hotel. Someone dropped something in Queenstown and it sounded exactly like White Island. And I don't, like, I say that the eruption didn't make any noise and I mean that. Um, it was like a noise it used to make about a month before and also a year before that. So it wasn't even related to the eruption. It was what, just like, what sort of sound? It was just like this big boom. Like right. someone just dropped, like... At the when I was down there, they had these like big like iron bits over I guess holes in the ground. Okay, and so I think someone had picked one up to look under it and then just dropped it. Right, and it took every fiber of my being not to just duck and cover in the main street of Queenstown, and I was just like physically shaking. And I was just like, go go go, get back to the hotel, and made it back to the hotel without having a full on breakdown. Um, and then a few days later, I actually had two panic attacks in a kayak which is not the greatest place to have a panic attack. Of all the places. I know, on the water. It's like one of those ones that you get like you strapped in. And yeah, I was just yeah. like, cool, so if this shit flips, I've got to actually like physically save myself. It was like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to save myself again. So um, it was quite an eye-opening test because obviously at home, everything's nice and safe. Um, I have my routine. I have my appointments. All my, th- my different therapists and exercise coaches, like, they all know me really well. They all know what triggers me. They know how to, like, deal with me, I suppose. Go out. And so I was like, I feel really good. I feel really strong. I'm doing all the stuff that my wellness coaches teach me to do. I feel great. Like, I haven't had an incident with PTSD in ages. So I was like, I'm going to do this real big random thing. When I did that, I came back and I was like, oh, my God. I am hopeless. <laughs> I've made no progress. And she was just like, no, like, you were totally out of you're totally out of your safe zone, like, and you're in this, like, massive situation. But I learned a lot, and so that's good. And so I'm using that going forward, and it's like, um, if I do this big trip at the end of the year, then I've got all these things now which I'm like, need to work on that, need to work on that, need to take that into account. So, um, yeah, that's massive, which is really good. Oh, I, I know you're not going to like this, but um, it's, ins- it's inspirational that you're even, like, doing this. Like, a lot of people are going to be um, listening to this thinking, oh, God, I, you know, I'm in more of a comfort zone than what she is, and I haven't been through any of this shit. Like the fact that you are constantly trying to push yourself. Um, yeah, are you quite kind to yourself? No. no. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning yeah. to be a lot kinder. Yeah. Like um, my PTSD was got really, really bad at the start of last year. Um, it was really, really bad, and I openly admit I was a piece of shit. Like I didn't want to be around me, but I can't get away from me. And so um, had a breakdown with a couple of relationships, um, which not even in contact with them anymore. And they're two people I thought would be in my life for life. 
So that oh, like friends or your your partner? Both, right? A friend and a partner. Okay. The PTSD basically ruined two of my relationships that I thought I would have for life, and so that was a massive slap in the face to keep trying and keep trying to find something because I was just done. I was like. I'm trying talk therapy, that doesn't feel like it's working. I tried EMDR, that made things worse. EMDR, what's that? Eye movement, EMD, dissociate, I can't remember anymore. It's a terrible acronym. Oh, it's the worst. It means, <laughs> yeah, way. eye movement, yeah. desensitization and reprocessing. Right. So basically it, it's to try and reprocess the trauma or the memory into the actual memory part of your brain rather than it living in the emotional part of the brain and not being where it's supposed to be. So um, tried that. That didn't work. Um, tried a whole bunch of other stuff. That didn't work. Um, and just was, I was just tired. I was done. I was so tired. Like, all the physical recovery shit. Then all the trying to, like, heal mentally as well, which is, like, way worse than the physical stuff. Yeah, is it? I was just done. Yeah. So I just was just like, fuck this. I'm just going to have a few months off. I'm just have a break which you can't do. You can't just have a break from healing. And so my my headspace, everything just deteriorated really, really bad. The PTSD basically took over. I was terrified of everything. I was angry at everything. I was, I, I probably wasn't depressed, but I was sad a lot. I was, yeah, and I didn't leave the house. Like, I barely left the house. And all, all this is understandable, right? Yeah, to an extent, yes. No, 100% it is. <laughs> like, with what you've been through. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, it would, be, it would be very, very easy, and even, like, no one could hold, hold it against you if you decided to be a victim for the rest of your life. <laughs> and that's kind of where I was. I was just like, I've had this... I've had all these horrific things happen to me. Yeah. I've ended up in all these shitty situations. I feel like I'm totally alone. No one gets it. No one can seem to help me. I've tried all these things. People are trying to help. It's not working. I'm done. Like, I just want to be a normal person for a bit. So I'm just going to just relax. And, yeah, it got ugly. And so, yeah, I lost those two relationships, which was enough of a kick up the ass to be like, you can't live like this, mate. Like, come on, you got like, look what you've been through. You can do this. And so I went to a naturopath and I went to a hypnotherapist. I found a wellness coach. I, you name it, I've tried it. Um, and so thankfully I, cha- like, I changed psychologists to someone with a bit more PTSD experience and like the wellness coach and the my new psych, like holy shit, like they are worth their weight in gold. They just mm. changed my life. And so in the last what are we now? April. Yeah, April. Ten ish months. Um I've been, yeah, basically overhauling my life. And um because yeah, I just I just got the biggest kick out the ass and it finally made me realise like even though, like, all this terrible stuff has happened to you and that wasn't your fault, the rest is now your responsibility. The PTSD is my responsibility. The trauma is my responsibility. Surviving, living from here on out is my responsibility. And I can either live like that, lose all my relationships, or I can just keep going. And it's like, I just have to keep going. And, like, I had this, like, brief chat with um, Damien from... Blind spot, and honestly, I reckon he helped save my life. Because really, how so? He, so um, he's the, a great guy, by the way, Damien oh, Alexander. I love him. Yeah, great. Um, well, he, how, how did your paths cross? Were you a blind spot fan? Yeah. So the Rock sent me to two of their gigs. Um, yeah, two of their gigs, and um, like I didn't really. I spoke probably more to Sheldon than Damien, but um, there was in September. I think it was September. 
um, The Rock does their Rock 2000. And one of their new songs, um, Tonight, played. And they had this little snippet of Damien talking about the song and, like, the how, how it came to be, like, where his headspace was at when he wrote it. And it just struck a chord. And so I messaged him. I was just like, dude, I am in the darkest part of my life. And just heard, heard you talking about the song. And I was just like... I just, I needed that. Like, thank you. Mm. Just keep doing what you're doing. And he sent me back this massive message. I bawled my eyes out. I saved it as my background for like three months because I, I just like read it every day and just be like, come on, you can do this. But in short, it was like, you just got to keep turning up. Just turn up. Just keep turning up. Like, even if you keep getting hit in the face, turn up. And so it was, It's easier said than done though, isn't it? Which it, it is. is hard. It yeah. is. Um, and it's like when you're exhausted, like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, just everything, like everything's at zero percent or negative. Um, it is hard and I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I still don't want to do it. But it's like, what choice do I have? It's like, so it's kind of just got me to this point now where it's just like, I've finally found things that are helping. Um, it's got me out of that dark hole um, of the whole, yeah, just not being good. Mm. Um and it doesn't mean I'm perfect. Like, I still have bouts of PTSD, as I just mentioned, yeah. down south. And, like, I still have days where I just totally just dissociate. And I, but I know what that is now. Whereas, like, two years ago, it would happen. And people were like, what's wrong? What's Tell me what's going on. It's like, I don't fucking know. Mm. I just, I'm not right. I don't know what's going on. And they would be like, what do you mean you don't know? You should know. Like, what's going on in your head? And it's just like, I don't know. And so people would just be like, mm, and leave. Because they'd be like... I don't know how to help you if you don't know what's going on. And so they just walk away. And so it was like, well, now I don't feel like I can talk to anyone because everyone's mm. just giving me the same answer. So it was just like I just basically just imploded. And it obviously exploded because that's what happens. You can't just shut down because that doesn't work. Yeah. Shit, you've done some work, haven't you? Oh, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've covered some mental miles. But I'm, I can't change the past. All I can do is change my future. And so, like, I've apologised and I'm doing the work. Like, that's all I can do. So as far as I'm concerned, I've apologised to all the people in my life. Um, my family, I've apologised to them. I probably still apologise for it today. But I'm at the point now where it's like, actually, you've apologised. That's all you can do. Mm. And like, actually, the best apology is to actually fix the behaviour. Yeah, I was going to say that. Do the best you can yeah, to be the best so version of yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Is... Like, and so all of that shit aside, that's all done. Like, I can't change that. And whether, whether the people accept that or not is... None yeah. of my business. Like, if they want to hold it against me, then that's on them, not me. It's got nothing to do with me anymore. So I'm changing my life because I don't want to be that person. I hated that person, but I didn't know how to change it. Mm. But I have the help now to not be that person. And I'm doing my damnedest not yeah. to be that person again. Also, I guess beyond um, scaring, scaring off and driving away other people, it's like you've got to live with yourself. Exactly. So you want to be comfortable in your own And skin. it's hard. Like, I, I reckon I put on, like, 20 kgs of just stress. And it was just like, because I was always in that fight-flight, I'm never in that rest-digest. So it was like anything I ate, straight on my body. So I hated the way I looked. I hated my brain. I just hated everything about myself. And it was just like, which sucks, because it was like, I've survived all this stuff, and everyone's, mm. and everyone's telling me, you're so inspirational, you're so strong, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, if only you could be in my head right now. It was just like, you would, oh, my God, it was not good. So, and, like, I, I do struggle to take the compliments, like, you've been saying to me, yeah. and it's just, like, I, I, I struggle with it, and I don't know whether that's, yeah, ever going to be better or not, but. And um, what's your relationship like now with your physical body? Like, when you, when you, when you get up in the morning and you're out of the shower and, and you see yourself in front of the mirror, like, are, are, you, are you comfortable with what you see? 
enough. Like, yeah. it, which is, it's the stupid thing about it is it's got nothing to do with the scars. The scars, I think, kind of cool because it's just like. It is. I mean, and I can't change that. Yeah. But it's like, there's things I can change that I'm not happy with. So I was like, wait, and like all these dumb, stupid cosmetic things. It's like, I am healthy. It's like, I am boxing. I am doing bar. I am doing reformer. I am doing mat pilates. Like, I am walking my dog two, three times a day. It's like, I could not be doing more any phys- any more physical exercise if I tried without killing myself. So it's like, physical, I mean, not lately, because I went to the South Island, and then I got, like, this gastro bug last week, so I'm not good at the moment. <laughs> I have barely moved in the last two weeks. but um, And then I sprained my shoulder, and then while I was vomiting, I ruined the shoulder, so it was just like... So I'm in a bit of a state at the moment, but I will get back, because, yeah, all my appointments are slowly starting to come back, and so it's just, yeah... Just another little setback for me. Mm. And what what about at night when you when you put your head on the pillow and shut the eyes? What are your dreams like? I don't really have any. Don't you? I, I that's a good thing, right? I, mean, I don't have night. I've had. I think I can count on one hand how many nightmares I've had since White Island. Um, two of them have been White Island, um, and then the other three. I, th- I don't actually. Maybe it's just those two. There's only been two. I've only ever had two major nightmares that I can think of. And both of them were around White Island, but not what actually happened. It was just my brain making up other random White Island things. Jeez, that's lucky, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, yeah. For all the symptoms of PTSD that I don't have, um, I'm glad I don't have the nightmares because mm. I need like t- eleven hours of sleep to be somewhat functional, <laughs> which apparently is is a trauma thing because of like the hypervigilance yeah. and stuff. And I'm always like, always like looking mm. for danger. Um, yeah, I do require a lot more rest than the average person, which yeah. sucks because then it's like I have a late night or I have to get up early in the morning and it's like I don't function well. <laughs> yeah. So how old are you now? What are you, 20? 29. Right. Yeah. Shit, you've still got so much life to live, don't you? Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely you do. I mean, absolutely. everyone keeps – I've been – people have been saying for like the last eight years, like – that's your bad luck, surely. And then it's like, something else happens. And so it's just like, everyone's like, you're still young. And it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what's, uh, what's, what's next? How's the next 50, 60, 70 years going to look? Just survive. <laughs> right? Oh, I think you've done that. You, Boring you, survival would be nice, actually. You like, say surviving. I, I'd say, and I think many other people would say thriving. Seriously. Yeah, getting there. Getting yeah. there. I think the aim is to basically, I mean, I don't really have a major aim. Um, at the moment is just get my mind right, get my brain right, find the things that work for me, get them into um, like a routine that I don't have to think about. Um, so that's my ultimate goal at this point is to just get that shit sorted first, um, get off the stupid beta blockers so I can actually start doing shit um, and then, yeah, go from there. I think that's my goal at this point is to get my head right first. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so driven though. I can't, I can't wait to see what you do and what you achieve in your life because there's, there's a lot more to come. Um, so what are you doing for money? Like there, there was the Give a Little page, which um, yeah. there was an, uh, this, this is at the time of the um, explosion. There was an outpouring of support, $120,000 from thousands of that small amounts, of money, which, is, which is humbling. I'm guessing that money's all gone. That was years ago. <laughs> um, like, oh, no, no I, don't, I don't mean that in a – No, a, I'm just trying to think. Just day-to-day expenses and whatnot. Uh, yeah, so because, um, like, I have ACC because obviously it's a workplace incident. Oh, okay. Um, so ACC has been amazing. They've been incredible. Um, so how much do you get? Like 80% of your income, the whole thing? or 80%, right. yeah. Yeah, so they pay 80% of my wage. Um, Is that for the rest of your life or? 
until when, if I go back to work. Okay. So I just, yeah, if I can get my head right and get the PTSD thing sorted, then I can probably work. Um, but at the moment, like any kind of stress, and I'm like, and can't function. So yeah. it's like, no one's going to want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. Unless it's one of those re- restaurants, like um, there was one that opened in Auckland called Karen's, where I'd be great there. Yeah. <laughs> I would thrive. People go there to be abused by the staff. Yeah, I'd thrive. Um, so maybe I need to do that. Um, yeah, so at, at the moment, let's just get that shit sorted. Um, but yeah, so ACC, and yeah, so I had to give a little page, which was just, oh man, it blew my mind. Like, that made me cry. Cause, oh, it's um, humbling. It's people you don't know. And that's, you know, you were saying before about some of the mean things that people wrote online. Yeah. Uh, the, the give a little people. They're, they're, yeah. they're the majority in New Zealanders. Like, not oh, everyone's yeah. got money to give, but they're, they're, that represents most New Zealanders. Yeah. And like, I remember when mum, mum showed it to me. Like, this is when things had all started unraveling. Mm. Um, and I was in hospital. It was, yeah, December still sometime. And mum was saying, like, this give a little's been set up for you. It was like, oh, nice. That's, that's good of them. And she was just like, do you want to have a look at it? And I was just like, yeah, all right. And so she showed me the phone and my broken little head thought it was nine grand. And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Like nine grand. And mum was like, nine. And I was just like, yeah, nine grand. Cause she'd taken the phone at this point. Um, and she was like, it's not nine grand. It's 97 grand. Mm. And I was like, show me and she showed me again and then it was like scrolling through the screes of messages and I just like burst into tears and it was like are you kidding me like this is amazing and some of them were like ex um, people I took on my island and some of them were like people I hadn't heard from since god knows when it was amazing it was just incredible yeah I guess in a lot of ways the, like the comments that people wrote when they made a donation meant just as much if not more than the oh, yeah, money it, they it, yeah it was amazing and yeah. so um when the Give a Little page actually closed, mum got every single message printed out from Give a Little and is like, put them all together. So I've got them forever now. So I can just like read through them and it's just really nice. Oh, that must be nice if you're having a rough day. What are the biggest learnings about yourself in this whole thing? Are you, are you tougher than what you thought you were? Oh, shit, Stronger yeah. than what, yeah? Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like people say, like, I could never get through what you've got through. And it's just like, well, I don't have, you don't have a choice. Like when you're in that position, it's like your options are curl up in a ball and let the scar tissue take over and die. Or it's just go, this fucking sucks and keep going. Like I've tried both ways and really both of them suck, but one of them sucks way more and it, yeah, destroys everything around you as well. So it's like, you got to keep going. You have to find the help. You have to keep going and just make the best out of what you've got left. Like, otherwise, what's the point? Mm. Mm. Oh, that's probably a great way to end it. Oh, can I ask, like, why did you, why did you, you, you are like generally quite private. Like, I know you've been on that Netflix movie. You share a bit on your own terms on your own Instagram, um, but you don't do a lot of the stuff. And I, I'm so grateful that you did. But why? Why did you agree to come here today? I I guess, yeah, because last year was so bad for me, um, possibly my worst, I would say, mentally my worst. Um, I've kind of got a bit more of a fuck it attitude now. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's mostly it. I'm kind of just trying to just, just do more things and try more things and, yeah, just try and be a bit more of a yes guy instead of a hermit guy. 
Yeah, well, and I'm I'm so pleased you did because I, I like I, th- I think you're remarkable, and I think there's a lot of lot of people that can get a lot of good from your story, um, because like what you've been through is unimaginable, and the way that you've dealt dealt with it with um like a, a fair amount of grace and humility, it's just remarkable, and all those um words we talked about before that you curl your toes up at like um <laughs> yeah heroic and and brave and strong and whatever else, they're, they're all absolutely true. And you, you should be giving yourself a pat on the back for the work you've done because no one's motivating you to do it. You've got to do it all yourself, unfortunately. And you have, yeah. and you are, and you continue to do so. Thank you. I think we'll end it at that, eh? All right. Kelsey Waghorn, <laughs> hero. Honestly, uh, uh, if, if no one comes to give you a bravery award or a courage award or whatever there is at some stage in the next couple of years, I'm going to fucking buy one myself and give it to you because you <laughs> one deserve of those little it. Karate statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little plastic thing. Yeah, I can't right. wait. <laughs> hey, um, you're a great New Zealander, and I can't thank you enough for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks so much for making it all the way through this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey and the incredible Kelsey Waghorn. If you've got any feedback about this episode, or any episode for that matter, you can email me, domharveynz at gmail.com, or you'll find me on Instagram, domharveynz, or Runners Only Podcast. All your comments, feedback, and suggestions are read and are appreciated so much. Also, if your podcast app allows, subscribe to the podcast or give it a like, give it a five-star rating. Every little interaction like that really does help grow the cause. And finally, thank you so much to the epic sponsors of this episode, the QT Hotel in Auckland who put Kelsey up for her stay. Do check them out if you're ever coming to Auckland. Fabulous place to stay if you're an out-of-towner, but if you're in Auckland and you're looking for a place to go for some sunset drinks, their rooftop bar is, in my opinion, the best in Auckland. And a huge thanks to Radix Nutrition. Check them out online, radixnutrition.co.nz. I start every day with one of their protein shakes, but they do so much more than that. Little Waikato company taking on the world, and it's a pleasure to have them on for the journey. Check them out, radixnutrition.co.nz. All right, that'll do us. Hope to see you next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.